World Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity to lead the prayers this morning. Um, we're going to be reading from 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. Praise the Lord. As usual, we are going to be praying. We are going to be praying for all men in the next 15 minutes. Hallelujah. We are going to be praying. Praise God. Please just a minute. We're going to be praying against the plan to create a tribe of fully vaccinated versus those who are not vaccinated in order to infuse more pressure on the church and Christians. We're going to declare that this demonic plan will fall flat and the church will continue to work stronger in the truth of God's word. We are also praying that the eyes of all men are opened and they are delivered from the spirit of deceitfulness in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to be posting the prayer in the group chat so you can follow. Praise God. Please, you can unmute your mic. Rabbi, 
thank you for another time of prayers this morning we thank you oh god because men all around the world they are delivered from the spirit of the spirit in the name of jesus we say thank you lord god because the plan to divide the world into into those that are vaccinated and those that are not the plan has been destroyed by the power of the holy ghost thank you lord god because your wisdom is working in the lives of leaders of the world in the mighty name of jesus leaders of different countries across the world thank you lord god because they receive only godly counsels in the mighty name of jesus thank you lord god because only jesus has authority over the nations of the world and only the plan and the will of god prevails in the mighty name of jesus this is the time of the church and we reign and rule by the power of the holy ghost thank you lord god thank you lord god because this is the confidence we have in you that when we call upon you lord god you answer us in the mighty name of jesus and exceed all of our expectations by the power of the holy ghost thank you lord god for in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen glory 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 hallelujah praise the lord praise the lord um good morning esteemed sister maka good morning everyone once again we are welcome to the inspired by the world times of devotion i'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed sister maka for the opportunity to lead prayers this morning and um right now i would like to hand over to you ma for the rhapsody of reality segment thank you so much My eyes have seen, my ears have heard, my mouth will testify of the goodness of God. My eyes have seen, my ears have heard, my mouth will testify of the goodness of God. My eyes have seen, my ears have heard, my mouth will testify of the goodness of God. My eyes have seen, my ears have heard, my mouth will testify of the goodness of God. One more time, my eyes have seen, my ears have heard, 
my Hallelujah. Lord, our eyes have seen your goodness in the land of the living. Our ears have heard so much that you have done for us. The victory that you have given the church in the last one year amidst all that the enemy planned. By now, the devil thought that he would have destroyed all of us, all these so-called Christians. But our eyes saw your goodness. Our ears heard of your goodness. And indeed, our mouths testify that you are good. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. Nobody needs to tell us. Nobody needs to prove it to us. We have seen it. We have heard it. We testify that you are good. Amidst our personal situations, you have proven yourself to be good. In our families, you have proven yourself to be good. In our businesses, you have proven yourself to be good. In our marriages, you have proven yourself to be good. In our finances, you have proven yourself to be good. And indeed, our eyes will continue to see your goodness. Our ears will continue to hear of your goodness. It will not be a thing of the past. The works of God will not be a thing of the past in our time. And our mouths will continue to testify that you are good. You are good to us and you remain good to us. Even this new week, Lord, we shall testify that you are good. Because out of that situation that the devil has planned for evil, out of it will come goodness. Out of it will arise testimonies. Out of it we will shout the victory shout. It shall be for good, says the spirit of God. It shall be for good. It looks like 
it seems like it feels like it is getting worse but no it shall be for good says the spirit of god do not look at the situation do not consider the feelings do not consider what your physical eyes can see do not consider what people are saying your eyes shall see your ears shall hear and your mouth shall testify that god is good and that all the times of your life he is good says the spirit of god thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus and the spirit of and the people of god will say amen amen i want you to receive that word receive it into your spirit for the lord is visiting you in a special way in this month in this week you shall indeed testify of the goodness of god the situation will turn around because the lord said so it may not have been the plan but because the lord said so the situation will turn around it may have been your fault but the situation will turn around it may have been your mistake but the situation will turn around it may have been your error in the office but the situation will turn around it may not have happened before in that organization but the situation will turn around there's someone here they have told you that you would lose your job you be laid off without collecting the vaccine if you do not collect the vaccine for your sake the situation will turn around today is monday 19th april 2021 and the article for today says the power and character of the scriptures for the scripture said unto pharaoh even for this same purpose have i raised the day that i might show my power in the romans 9 and verse 17 some years ago after a certain program which had several ministers in attendance one of them said to me you talk about the scripture as though it's a person i said oh yes it is it matters that you know this the scripture has personality and character the scripture has personality and character this is what god this is what jesus revealed in the various things he said about the scripture his apostles captured the same truth and propagated it for example our theme verse says for the scriptures said unto pharaoh he could have said for god said unto pharaoh and that would be right because we know that god did talk to pharaoh that's what the scripture tells us. The Bible says Moses went to Pharaoh and said, thus said the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, Exodus 5 and verse one. Again, we find Paul echoing the same truth in his writing to the Galatians in Galatians three and verse eight. He said, and the scripture, 
foreseeing that God would justify the hidden through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, Indeed shall all the nations be blessed. It doesn't say the Spirit preached to Abraham or the Lord preached to Abraham. It says the scripture preached to Abraham. The scripture talked to him. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture had concluded on all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Also, look at Galatians 4 and verse 30. It doesn't say what said God, rather it says what said the scripture. It's so important that you put a premium on the scripture. Tell yourself, I put a premium on the scripture. I am Makapu, the premium on the scripture. When you want to know anything, get into the Bible to find out what God says about it. Whatever God says about it is what should matter to you. Brothers and sisters, I repeat, whatever God says about it is what should matter to you. Build your life on the scriptures, for they are able to make you wise unto salvation. 2 Timothy 3. 15, and make you an absolute success, complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for good every good work. Read 2 Timothy 3.16, Amplified Classic Translation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, it doesn't matter how many times the constitution of any nation is going to be updated. It doesn't matter the policies and the rules and the regulations that are introduced into the system. It doesn't matter how things are tweaked. It doesn't matter how social media trends make it look like something is okay when the Bible says it is not. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people stand for. It doesn't matter what that person that is a mentor figure to you stands for. Because I see that in these last days, a lot of our young people are being led astray because of one mentor figure. See, let Jesus be your number one and only example. We have people, the Bible says that he gave some pastors gifts. He gave men gifts, he gave some pastors, he gave some to be evangelists, he gave some to be many things. He said, for the equipping of the church, for the work of ministry. But I miss the gifts. Do not forget the one that gave the gift. We don't follow the one who was giving the gift. We follow the one who gave the gift. I remember a song when I was a teenager. He said, if I suddenly wake up, and find that you are not there anymore. If I suddenly wake up and find that heaven is not real, I still believe in you, for I have known you. You are my reason for living. He said, if I suddenly wake up and find that you are not there anymore and find that heaven is not real and find that the Bible is not true, he said, I will still believe in you because I have known you 
you are my reason for living. We must all come to that place where we know God for ourselves, where everything can become a lie, but only the God that we know become true. Brothers and sisters, your faith in this last days will be tested. It will be pushed beyond the limit. Everybody must define their stand in God. And you're either going to stand or you're going to fall. There is no two way about it. There is only one way. You stand or you fall. It is not a coincidence that this is the month of truth. And the only thing that you can stand on is truth because that is the only solid foundation because Christ himself is truth. You're going to have to choose truth or you're going to choose a lie and a lie doesn't stand. It cannot keep you standing because the father of lies himself doesn't stand. He does not endure forever because he himself will be cast into the lake of fire. He would perish for he's the father of lies and so will all the children of lies. The scriptures will not be updated to suit social media trends. I don't know why this morning is coming this morning. I see in my spirit that there is a strong wave that is about to hit the world and many Christians will derail. Be warned ahead of time. Let the word of God be the only thing that matters to you. You have read it in today's rhapsody. This money that you are chasing and you are putting the word of God second place. Be careful. Put God's word as priority now. Now why you have the time. Now why you have the opportunity. Because only them who stand on the truth will stand with the next wave that is coming. I don't know what it is like, but I know that it is strong. This thing that you are doing when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. When you are upset, you lock out, you blank out. On the word. You, you, you stand against those who tell you the truth. No, because you can't stand the truth. You better learn. You better teach yourself now how to love the truth, whether you like it or not, whether it sounds nice or not. Teach yourself now. It is a training of your spirit, and the earlier you embrace it, the better for you. Stand, therefore, with your loins gathered with truth, was the first thing that scripture said. The first thing that you require to stand is the truth. And the word of God is truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Why are you looking for truth outside of Jesus? Why are you looking for fun outside of Jesus? Why are you looking for wealth outside of Jesus? Why are you looking for fame outside of Jesus? I would rather, be in, I would rather not be famous if that fame will not come by the name of Jesus. Either heart and ear. Just in case this devotion seems like a, an event for you, 
a lot of times I go to bed very late. I don't, I don't, I don't, I usually would not wake up by 6 a.m. I don't go to, I don't do eight to eight to five. So I'm not obligated to wake up in the morning to get ready for work at 8 a.m. A lot of times by this time I'm sleeping, it's not convenient. And I didn't start this because I want to, I want to start, you know, some people have their impression about me. I really don't care. I didn't start this because I wanted to start another network or whatever it is. This thing is by the spirit. And if you go back to the Telegram group, go and look at the welcome address. In there is the reason this thing started. We are a group of believers who want to help ourselves stand and we must stand. Just so you know, a lot of politics is happening in the church. A lot of Judas are in the church. And they are, their goal is to betray the seeds of Jesus like Judah betrayed Jesus. Stand therefore with your lions guided with truth. I implore you for your own good. Don't miss these devotions. Because some of you, you know that this is where you hear the truth. Some of you in Christ's embassy, we will have your love word. You are not connected. You are not connected. You know the spirit of God is talking to somebody here or some people here. You don't connect. You don't care. Some of you are already upset with Pastor Chris. Stand therefore with your learns gathered with truth. Because the next wave, you may not survive it. Many would not only die spiritually, many would die physically. If you know me very well and if you've been in my world, you know I don't talk nonsense and you know my words can be trusted. He that has ears, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying to the churches. Sister Joy, over to you for the Rhapsody prayer and the further study. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma, for the ministration. I'll be taking the further study. Um, praise God. We're reading from 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. But continue thou in the things which thou art learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou art learned it, learn them, and that from a child thou art known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Romans 15, 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. And finally, Romans 9, 17, the ESV, yeah, the ES version. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for these very purpose I've raised you up, that I might show my power in you 
and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Right now, we're going to be taking the prayer together. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. Thank you, Father, for the blessings and impartations I receive from studying the scriptures and the deeper insight into the past, present, and future of your plans and purpose for the church, for me and for the world. I'm transformed from glory to glory, complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work as I walk in your preordained path for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother for the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a very glorious day ahead. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you're connecting from, welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this wonderful platform. We've been reading the New Testament, and we're reading the message translation. So today, as we're reading through the New Testament Bible reading, I would like us to, I'd like us to take our time to, um, to know the power and the character of the scriptures as we read through. The caption for today, Luke chapter 17 from verse 20, it says, when the Son of Man arrives, Jesus, grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God will come, answered, The kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days on the calendar, nor when someone says, Look here, or there it is. And why? Because God's kingdom is already among you. The King James Version says, God's kingdom is in you. You know, the Bible is progressive. When Jesus Christ came, he was like, the kingdom of God is at hand. Later, at a point in time, Jesus was like, the kingdom of God has come. And now, towards the end, as he's about leaving, he's saying, the kingdom of God is in you. It's already among you. So God's operations, God's kingdom, his inheritance, his operations is inside of you. Verse 22, he went on to say to his disciples, the days are coming when you are going to be desperately homesick for just a glimpse of one of the days of the Son of Man, and you won't see a thing. And there you say, and they will say to you, look over there or look here. Don't fall for any of that nonsense. The arrival of the Son of Man is not something you go out to see. He simply comes. Other part of the scripture says with a twinkling of an eye. He simply just comes. So it's not something you, peep, you go out and you look out for. Verse 24. You know how the whole sky lights up from a single flash of lightning. So the lightning spark. That's how it will be on the day of the Son of, Ma Son of Man. But first, it's necessary that he suffer many things and be turned down by the people of today. 
the time of the son of man would be just like the time of Noah. Everyone carrying on as usual, having a good time, right up to the day Noah boarded the ship. They suspe suspected nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. I'm sure you remember the story of Noah, when God told Noah to build the ark. In those days, nobody had ever seen rain fall from the sky. So when Noah said that rain is because plants were get, getting watered from the ground, water was coming out from the ground. So when Noah was saying that he's building an ark, that water is going to fall from the sky, you know, people were like, this guy must be crazy. And it looked so, so, so absurd, you know. And the same way our man of God, Pastor Chris, has been saying it, that the rapture of the church is at hand. And it looks so absurd. People have been like, oh, we've been hearing all this now. I beg, you know, it's the son of man, the time when the son of man will come will just be like the time Noah was building the ark. They suspected nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. Verse 28, it was the same in the time of Lot. The people carrying on, having a good time, business as usual, right up to the day Lot walked out of Sodom and a fire storm swept down and burned everything to creeps. That's how to be. Sudden. Someone say to yourself, sudden. Total. When the Son of Man is revealed, it's going to be sudden. Like Lot's story also. Lot was hastily taken out away from, the, from Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, he only left with his two daughters, his, son, his sons. He had other members of the family who were told, but everybody did not believe. And he was the only one that was whisked away with his wife and his two daughters. Verse 31. When the day arrives and you are out walking in the yard, don't run into the house to get anything. And if you're out in the field, don't go back and get your coats. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you grasp and cling to life on your terms, you lose it. But if you let that life go, you get life on God's terms. On that day, two men will be in the same boat fishing. One taken, the other left. Two women will be walking in the same kitchen. One taken, the other left. Trying to take all this in, the disciples say, Master, where? He told them, watch for the cycling of the vultures. They will spot the cops first. The action will begin around my dead body. Praise God. And now we jump into chapter 18. So it's gonna happen sudden. The rapture of the church, the arrival of the Son of Man again. The caption, the story of the persistent widow. I still love this part of scripture. From verse one, Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. Jesus told them a story showing them it was necessary. So the theme of the story was it's necessary to pray consistently and never quit. He said, there was once a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. A widow in that city kept after him. My rights are being violated. Protect me. He never gave her the time of day. But after this went on and on, he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks, even less what people think. But because this widow won't quit badgering me, 
I'll better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beating Blue Black by her pounding. Verse six. Then the master said, do you hear what the judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and walk justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick out for them? I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. And this is the character of the scripture. But how much of that kind of persistent fate will the son of man find on the earth when he returns? So the story is telling us of how persistent we need to be with our faith. So when the son of man comes, he will see us persistently with faith. And the caption, the story of the tax man and the Pharisees. He told his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down their noses at common people. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisees posed and prayed like this. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like this tax man. I fast twice a week and tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, the tax man slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up, said, God, give mercy, forgive me, a sinner. Verse 14, Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other man, not the other, went home made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you are going to end up flat on your face. But if you, you are content to be simply yourself, you become more than yourself. Praise God. And the character of, this, of the scripture here between these two cases of these two men, the tax man and the Pharisee's man, was that the, the Pharisees is seeing himself based on the righteousness of God. And the, the tax man, sorry, is seeing himself based on the mercy of God, not what he has done, not based on what he has done, not based on his own character, but based on what God has provided, which is mercy. And that accounts him righteous. While the Pharisee's man is seeing himself based on all his activities, his tight spade, his good walks, he's comparing himself with people that are doing wrong in the world, and he's He's seeing himself as right and that's what we call self-righteous. So as we go forth today, we go forth in the righteousness of God, seeing ourselves based on, no matter our good works, but based on the mercy of God, what God has provided to us in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um, can anyone hear me? Loud and clear, sir. Oh, okay, excellent. Thank you very much, brother, see, for the beautiful reads in the New Testament. So we quickly move to the Old Testament right now. We're taking the book of First Samuel, chapter 8 to chapter 10. And... Um, the caption of chapter 8 says, Rejecting God as the King. 
um, verse 1, when Samuel got to be an old man, he set his sons up as judges in Israel. His firstborn son was named Joel. The name of his second, Abijah. They were assigned duty in Beersheba. But his sons didn't take after him. They were out for what they could get for themselves. Taking bribes, corrupting justice. Fed up, all the elders of Israel got together and confronted Samuel as Ramah. They presented their case. Look, you're an old man, and your sons aren't following in your footsteps. Here's what we want you to do. Appoint a king to rule us, just like everybody else. When Samuel heard their demand, give us a king to rule us, he was crushed. How awful. Samuel prayed to God. God answered Samuel, go ahead and do what they are asking. They are not rejecting you. They've rejected me as their king. From the day I brought them out of Egypt until this very day, they've been behaving like this, leaving me for other gods. And now they are doing it to you. So let them have their own way. But warn them of what they are, they are in for. Tell them the way kings operate, just what they are likely to get from king. So Samuel told them, delivered God's warning to the people who were asking him to give them a king. He said, this is the way the kind of king you're talking about operates. He will take your sons and make soldiers of them. Chariotry, cavalry, infantry, regimented in battalions and squadrons. He will put some to first labor on his farms, plowing and harvesting, and others to making either weapons of war or chariots in which he can ride in luxury. You put your daughters to work as beauticians and waitresses and cooks. You conscript your best fields, vineyards, and orchards and hand them over to his special friends. You tax your harvests and vintage to support his extensive bureaucracy. Your prize workers and best animals he will take for his own use. You lay tax on your flocks and you end up no better than slaves. The day will come when you cry in desperation because of this king you so much want for yourselves, but don't expect answer. Don't expect God to answer. But the people wouldn't listen to someone. No, they said, we will have a king to rule us. Then we'll be just like all the other nations. King will rule us and lead us and fight our battles. Samuel took in what they said and raised it with God. God told Samuel, do what they say, make them a king. And Samuel dismissed the men of Israel. Go home, each of you, to your own city. Now move to chapter 9. The caption, saw head and shoulders above the crown. Verse 1, there was a man from the tribe of Benjamin named Kish. He was the son of Abel, Abel grandson of Zerah, great-grandson of Bekorah, great-great-grandson of Aphia a Benjaminite of stalwart character. He had a son, Saul, a most handsome young man. He was non finer He literally stood head and shoulders above the crowd. Some of Kish's donkeys got lost. Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. Saul took one of the servants and went to find the donkeys. He went into the hill country of Ephraim, around Shalisha, but they didn't find them. Then they went over to Charlie, no luck. Then to Jabin, and still not. Then they got to Zuf. Saul said to the young man with him, enough of this, let's go back. 
So my father is going to forget about these donkeys and start worrying about us. He replied, not so fast. There's a holy man in this town. He carries a lot of weights around him. What he says is always right on the mark. Maybe he can tell us where to go. South said, if we go, to, if we go, what do we have to give him? There is no more bread in our sacks. We, we have nothing to bring as a gift to the holy man. Do we have anything else? The servant spoke of, look, I just happened to have this silver coin. I'll give it to the holy man and he will tell us how to proceed. In former times in Israel, a person who wanted to seek God's word on a matter would say, let's visit the seer because the one we now call the prophet used to be called the seer. Verse 10, good, said so, let's go. And they set off to the town where the holy man lived. As they were climbing up the hill into the town, they met some girls who were coming out to draw water. They said to them, is this where the seer lives? They answered, it sure is just ahead. Hurry up, he's come today because the people have prepared a sacrifice at the shrine. As soon as you enter the town, you can catch him before he goes up to the shrine to eat. The people wouldn't, won't, won't eat until he arrives. We asked to bless the sacrifice. Only then can everyone eat. So get going. You're sure to find him. They continued their climb and entered the city. And then there he was, Samuel, coming straight forward to them on his way to the shrine. The very day before, God had confided in Samuel, this time tomorrow, I'm sending a man from the land of Benjamin to meet you. That to anoint him as prince over my people Israel. He will free my people from Philistine oppression. Yes, I know all about their hard circumstances. I've heard their cries for help. The moment Samuel laid eyes on Saul, God said, he's the one, the man I told you about. This is the one who will keep my people in check. Saul came up to Samuel in the street and said, pardon me, but can you tell me where the seer lives? I am the seer, said Samuel. Accompany me to the shrine and eat with me. In the morning, I'll tell you all about what's on your mind and send you on your way. And by the way, the lost donkeys, the one you've been hunting for the last three days, have been found, so don't worry about them. At this moment, Israel's future is in your hands. Saul answered, but I'm only a Benjamin from the smallest of Israel's tribes and from the most insignificant clan in the tribe at that. Why are you talking to me like this? Verse 22. Samuel took Saul and his servants and led them into the dining hall at the shrine and seated them at the head of the table. There were about 30 guests. Then Samuel directed the chef, bring a choice cut I pointed out to you, the one I told you to reserve. The chef brought it and placed it before Saul with a flourish, saying this meal was kept aside just for you. Eat. Was especially prepared for this time and occasion with these guests. So it with summer, a memorable day. Afterward, they went down from the shrine to, into the city. A bed was prepared for Saul on the breeze cooled roof of Samuel's house. They, wake, they woke at the break of day. Samuel called to Saul on the roof, get up, I'll send you off. Saul got up and the two of them went out in the streets. As they approached the outskirts of town, someone said to Saul, tell your servant to go on ahead of us. You stay with me for a bit. I have a word of God to give you. 
so much, so much, so much. So then let's remove um, the caption. You will be a new person. That's chapter 10 now. Verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him. He said, You see what this means? God has anointed you prince over his. This sign will confirm God's anointing of you as prince over his inheritance. After you leave me today, as you get closer to your home country of Benjamin, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb. They will say, The donkeys you went to look for are found. Your father has forgotten about the donkeys and is worried about you, wringing his hands quite beside himself. Leaving there, you will arrive at the oak of Tabor. There you will meet three men going up to worship God at Bethel. One will be carrying three young goats, another carrying three sacks of bread, and the third, a jug of wine. They will say, hello, how are you? And offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept. Next, you will come to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine garrison. As you approach the town, you will run into a bunch of prophets coming down from the shrine, playing harps and tambourines, flutes and drums, and they will be prophesying. Before you know it, the Spirit of God will come on you, and you'll be prophesying right along with them, and you'll be transformed. You'll be a new person. When these confirming signs are accomplished, you will know that you're ready. Whatever job you're given to do, do it. God is with you. Now go down to Gilgal, and I'll follow. I'll come down and join you in worship by sacrificing bond offerings and peace offerings. Wait seven days, and I'll come and tell you what to do next. Saul turned and left Sam. At that very moment, God transformed him, made him a new person. And all the confirming signs took place the same day. Saul among the prophets. When Saul and his party got to Gibeah, there were the, there were the prophets right in front of them. Before he knew it, the Spirit of God came on Saul and he was prophesying right along with them. When those who had previously known Saul saw him prophesying with the prophets, they were totally surprised. What's going on here? What's come over the son of Kish? How on earth did Saul get to be a prophet? One man spoke up and said, Who started this? Where did these people ever come from? That's how the same got Saul among the prophets. Who would have guessed? When Saul was done prophesying, he returned home. His uncle asked him and his servant, So where have you two been all this time? Out looking for the donkeys, we looked and looked and couldn't find them, and then we found someone. So said Saul's uncle, what did someone tell you? Saul said, he told us not to worry, the donkeys have been found. But Samuel didn't breathe a word to his uncle, but Samuel, but Saul didn't breathe a word to his uncle of what Samuel said about the king business. The caption, we want a king. Samuel called the people to assemble before God. At Mispah, he addressed the children of Israel. This is God's personal message to you. I brought Israel up out of Egypt. I delivered you from Egyptian oppression. Yes, from all the bullying governments. I made your life miserable. And now you want nothing to do with your God. The very God who has a history of getting you out of trouble, troubles of all sorts. And now you say, no, want a king, give us a king. Well, if that's what you want, that's what you will get. Present yourselves formally before God. 
ranked in tribes and families. After Samuel got all the tribes of Israel lined up, the Benjamin tribe was picked. Then he lined up the Benjamin tribe, the family groups, and the family of Matri was picked. The family of Matri took its place in the lineup, and the name Saul, son of Kish, was picked. But when they went looking for him, he was nowhere to be found. Samuel went back to God. Is he anywhere around? God said, yes, he's right over there, hidden in that pile of baggage. <clears throat> they ran and got him. He took his place before everyone, standing tall, head and shoulders above them. Samuel then addressed the people, take a good look at whom God has chosen, the best, no one like him in the whole country. Then a great shout went up from the people, don't leave the king. Samuel went on to instruct the people in the rules and regulations involved the kingdom. Wrote it all down in a book and placed it before God. And Samuel sent everyone home. Saul also went home to Gibeah, and with him some true and brave men whom God moved to join him. But the riffraff went on much. Deliver. Don't make me laugh. They held him in contempt and refused to congratulate him. But Saul did them no man. The caption, Saul is crowned king. Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, was brutalizing the tribes of Gad and Reuben, gouging out their right eyes and intimidating anyone who would come to Israel's help. There were very few Israelites living on the east side of the Jordan River who had not had their right eyes gouged out by Nahash. But 7,000 men had escaped from the Ammonites and were now living safely. In Jabesh. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, quickly hand over to Brother Martins to take us through the affirmation and the communion. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I hope you can hear me. Yes, sir, we can. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're taking our affirmation this morning, and the affirmation should be on the screen now. We start our affirmation by taking our name. My name is, you say your name, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. And the fourth paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more. At this time, I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute their mic as we take our affirmation at the count of three. Please do unmute your mic. One, two, three. My name is Martin Scucci. My name is Dozio Zinsameka. I have the spirit, have the spirit of, of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of the knowledge of Christ. Christ. My name is Amatma. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Thank you. 
Please unmute your mic. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma.